I'm in the second week of a series that we have entitled Recapturing the Wonders of Christmas, which I'm really using as a springboard to talk about what does it look like to recapture the wonders of life, how to, how to live just a bit above uh, routine and mundaneness. Uh, so we kicked this off last week. If you weren't here last week, I encourage you uh, to pull the podcast or video from our website uh, and so you can catch up with us. I'm going to refer a little bit to that today. And I'm going to look at the point that I made last week from the same passages, but through a different lens. So if you're able to stand, please do so. We're going to go back to Philippians. We're going to read it this week from the New Living Translations. Philippians chapter 4. The Apostle Paul is the one that's writing to us. And so for all of us, when we get ready for Christmas, hear, pastor, hear the Apostle Paul say to you. Tell the person next to you, he's talking to you. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. How much money, the time, etc., etc. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. You know, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think. Everybody shout, think about things. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received. Shout from me. Everything you've heard, shout from me. And Saul, shout me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Tell the person next to you that includes you. God, we thank you for another week. Would you meet us in this space? In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. If you were here last week, you know that I said that these verses between 6 and 9 in Philippians 4 are really the center of the entire chapter, which means that anxiety and worry is at the very heart of understanding this chapter. Everybody shout anxiety. And I told you last week that that's not unfamiliar to us because anxiety and worry, especially during the holiday season, is at the very center of our own lives. We find ourselves being anxious. I said that uh, it is often anxiety that makes us work harder and run faster, squeezing the wonder out of life, reducing life to simply routine. Some of us can't remember the last time we had to catch our breath or experience a wow moment. Everybody shout, worry. So the holidays amplify that, and yet Paul says to all of us, don't worry about anything. Now, I don't know about you, but when I really read that in the context of today, sometimes I want to go, really? Don't worry about anything. You know, like, like where I'm going to find the time or the money 
Uh, how are we going to resolve all this conflict and family while we're trying to work through the holiday period of time, being reminded of how different, different we are? Don't worry about anything. I think ultimately what Paul is saying is, doesn't mean that you can't have some sense of anxiousness as you move through life, but worry should not be the dominant uh, experience for your life. It should not define every day in and every day out. And Paul says, look, uh, I can make two supernatural promises to you if, in fact, you do what I am going to teach you to do in verse 8. The first supernatural promise I can make to you is in verse 6, which is uh, that you will have uh, uh, a supernatural power. He calls it the peace of God. Shout the peace of God. That exceeds human understanding will stand guard around your heart, your emotions, and your mind. The second supernatural power you called from last week is he said, and you will experience the presence of God. Shout the presence of God. Verse 9, the God of peace shall be with you. Say, so, well, Paul, how do we do this? And last weekend, we learned how to do it. And many of you, I, I'm so actually committed. And you, in your own way, you practiced what we taught you to do. Paul shared in verse 8, he starts by saying, um, fix your faults on, and he gives us six virtues. Before you can fix your thought on things that are true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable, you actually have to find them, locate them in your life. Ask the person next to you, did you find them last week? Because we told you every day we wanted you to take one of these, right? On Monday you were supposed to take truth and, and look for that which is firm and reliable in your life and, and give God praise for that wonderful uh, wonder that's in your life. Fix your mind. You have to find it. So the basic lesson here is that during this holiday period, if you're going to experience uh, wonder afresh, you actually have to slow down. Everybody shout, slow down. You have to look for it. Shout, look for it. You actually, actively look for the wonder. And then when you see it, you've got to take at least a moment to experience it. Everybody shout, experience it. Experience it. So that's what we were trying to teach you to do last week. And many of you did. And uh, if you didn't, go to our website. We have this laid out day by day and how you can engage this week. And so the two things that he suggested we need to practice was daily we ought to practice prayer. Some of you, many of you committed to praying at least three to five minutes every day. I had one parent tell me uh, out of this week as they gathered, she says, you want to know wonder. Listen to your eight and five-year-old pray. That's wonder. Another parent tell me that as they were listening to their children pray together, they were shocked as that as one of their child, children started to pray about, Lord, you know, bless the trees that are being cut down all over the place. Somebody say wonder. 
So pray and then practice being present by pursuing, looking for these attributes in each of the day. So that was last week. Uh, let me just say a word. I did that last week. Matter of fact, it took me about two days just out of honest confession. Monday, I was so excited about enjoying the wonders that I actually forgot that we had this exercise to do until two days in. But I went on, and then so some of y'all ain't by yourself. I'm right there with you. But one of the wonders that I gave God thanks and praise for this past week was my staff. The staff that serves here with me day in and day out and that serves you to make ministry possible for you. And I just wonder, do I have any of the staff here today? Would you just stand, staff of PDM? Well, y'all, if you're here, just stand in the back. Can you just celebrate? I got the best staff on the planet. When I think about the people who serve with me, I go, wow. I mean, first of all, anybody that serves with me, you got to go, wow. <laughs> and then another one that I thought about are the volunteers that make ministry happen. Several hundred volunteers uh, every week make ministry happen. A lot of them, they are visible to you. You see them parking or serving, etc. But I want to highlight and they're all a part of what I call our dream team here. But I want to highlight the invisible volunteers, particularly one group this morning. Many of you have no idea that I've got a group of folk who show up here every Sunday around 6, 6.30. They're the setup team. And they're rolling things out of closet. They're setting up cameras. They're putting them, delivering donuts. They're putting the coffee on. They're setting up all the classrooms. And, and, and by the time you get here, everything is set and ready to go. And you never see them. What wonders. If I've got anybody here on the setup team, would you just stand so that we can just celebrate you? I don't know that we have any. Come on, stand, stand if you're any, anywhere here. I don't see anybody. Maybe we're not here, but because they were here at six. Anyway, <laughs> Joanne, stand up, stand up. There you are. Stand up, Joanne. So if you're looking for a place to serve among the superstar volunteers, I encourage you, consider signing up and be a part of the setup team at least once a month. But I give God thanks for all of them, amazing volunteers. This was part of what jumped out in my week. What jumped out in your week? What, what wonders? I want to make a turn here. I want to look at this same point, but I want to look at it from a different perspective. And I want to zero in on verse 9. It has some unique insight here. It's a unique verse what Paul is writing because you don't really see Paul write this, but, but here it is, verse 9. Listen to what Paul says after he says, look for all these things. He then says, keep putting into practice all you learned and received. Shout from me. Everything you've heard from, shout me. And saw me doing. What is Paul talking about? It is as though he's holding himself up as an example. 
In fact, he is, and it's helpful to remember as we think about Paul in this context that he writes in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, he writes this, he says essentially, follow me as I follow Christ. So he's anchored. So part of what Paul is saying is, watch this, is that because of his relationship with Jesus, Later on in this book, he's going to say, I've learned how to be full, and I've learned how to be empty. I've learned how to be high, and I've learned how to be low, because I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And what Paul is, 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 is suggesting in this verse is, because of his, his living relationship with the living Jesus for which, about which Christmas is all about, uh, Paul says, essentially, you can model after me because, watch this, I live a wonder-filled life. Tell the person next to you, try living a wonder-filled life. Fascinating term, isn't it? wonder Filled life. Say it with me. Say wonder filled. Say it again. Wonder filled. Say it again. Wonder filled. Now say this word. Wonderful. Wonderful. See what happens is that the word wonderful, which in today's language means very, very, very good, originally didn't mean that. Originally, it meant, look, we pulled the description from, from the, uh, Webster's oldest uh, 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 entry. It's wonderful. He says it's an adjective adapted to mean these words, ex- to excite wonder or admiration. Exciting surprise. Something that is strange. That which is astonishing. And even though it's not here actually in the entry, he ends by saying, basically, see Job 42.3. That's back in the early days of Webster. They don't quote scripture in definitions in the dictionary anymore. But let's show you what Job 42.3 says. Job has just experienced that God was with him in the whirlwind, in the storm. Uh, 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 Tell the person next to you, if you're in a storm, tell them, if you're in a storm, God's in the storm with you. Job realized that God was in the storm and he was, and, and, and he was, he was stricken with, with, with the wonderful. They, Here's what he says. You ask, who is this that obscured my plans without knowledge? Job is talking to God. He says, surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Things too wonderful, too astonishing for me to know. Shout wonderful. Shall wonder filled. We see it again in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Watch this. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, which reminds us what Christmas is, is really supposed to be about. That night, the shepherds, the marginalized, the poor, are staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, surprisingly, shockingly, an angel of the Lord showed up 
there, come on now, at their address in their neighborhood, appeared to them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them with these words, don't be afraid. He said, somebody in here needs to hear those words today. Don't be afraid. Shout, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, he says, for I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. And the apostle Paul says, I know this source of good news uh, for the Savior. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today. Where? In Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this. He will be wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a poor person's manger. Somebody shout shocking. Astonishing. That God would love you and me so much that he would risk the vulnerability of human existence and show up lying where you feed the horses from. Wonderful. So Isaiah 6, 9, talk 9, 6 talks about when, when he, he gives the prophecy and the prophetic word, the first title for unto us a child is born and to us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders. And what will you call him? What will his name be? Everybody shout, wonderful, astonishment, the one who surprises me. I want to challenge you this week. You looked for the wonder. I want you to try this week living a wonder-filled life. All right. Well, how do you do that? Here is the secret of living a wonder-filled life. It's captured in one word. Put verse 8 back up there from Philippians. And I, I just want you to see, can you pull it out here? Uh, and now, dear brothers and sisters, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Uh, think about, shout, think about. That word means to meditate, to write it down, to, to form a, a mental record of these experiences of wonder. Why, Paul? Why should I do that? Because if you do that, on a regular basis, watch this, you will discover the secret to living a wonder-filled life. What's the secret, Paul? Gratitude. Shout gratitude. Gratitude. That's the secret. Yeah, I know life is tough. I know we struggle with sickness and divorce and all of that. I know some are, are, are wealthy and others are poor. I get all of that. But Paul says, in whatever state of circumstance you're in, if you can cultivate, come on now, gratitude, you can live a wonderful life. Uh, let me talk a little bit about the importance of gratitude. Uh, number one, Wonder and gratitude are linked together inextricably. It is impossible to experience a wonder without being grateful. 
that you're in that space, right? This week, not only did I study, uh, experience, and enjoy Thanksgiving, but uh, my birthday was this week, and Friday, praise the Lord, and I turned 55. Now, I know that you're thinking, 55? He looks like, what, 40, 45, something <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> what a wonder. <laughs> uh, and I asked my family, as a, first of all, the first half of the day, I stayed in the bed wrapped in my favorite blanket watching holiday movies. And do you want to know the secret to most holiday movies, at least the classics, the things that we really love? Like all of the Scrooge, there's tons of Scrooge movies out there now, right? Uh, 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 what is it that causes Mr. Scrooge to, to be transformed into a, uh, this sensitive, loving, caring person? Or one of my favorite, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, right? With, uh, 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 what's his name? Jimmy Stewart, that's right, with, with Jimmy Stewart. What do you want, Charlie? I, uh, you want that moon? I, I'll lasso it and pull it down to me. I love it. I'll lasso the moon for you, sweetheart, and pull it down. Is that what you want? <laughs> what was it that transformed Jimmy Stewart? Scrooge and Jimmy Stewart, they had the same experience. They, they, they were taken out of life. And they were allowed to see what life would look like without them. And then in Scrooge's place, he was allowed to see what life looks like surrounding him. You know, somebody says that when you, when you, you we're not designed to see ourselves. Like you don't see yourself, right? Because we're always looking forward. The only way you can see yourself is you got to look in a mirror. Right, that's why, but, 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 so he took him out so he could see himself. And then when you drop both of them back into their lives, they were full of what? Gratitude. That's what changed them. Anyway, I'm watching these movies. I had a good time. But then I asked my family, as a gift to me, let's go see Harriet together. Harriet Tubman. I don't know if you've seen it. If you've seen it, you can go ahead and applaud. It's amazing. And <laughs> thank you. Bless you. <laughs> what a wonder. All right. <laughs> uh, it was a wonder. The, 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 the unfolding history of her experience. The fact that her faith was such an intricate part of who she was that they could not write it out of the script. How many of you live lives that faith is such an intricate part of who you are that if somebody told your story, they couldn't write faith out of your script? And, and at the end, you leave feeling, particularly in a polarized world, that hope itself has been redeemed. So here's, here's your homework. Good homework for you. You're going to love it. Go to the movies. I want you to go check it out, right? Uh, uh, kids ought to be 13 and over because of some of the scenes. But, but go to the movies because not next week, because next week we're going to be at the school serving 
real church service, but the week after next, on the 15th, I want you to come back here because I'm going to take that move in. There's an insight that the Lord has showed me about the connection between that and Christmas, that if you get it, this might be the most transformational Christmas yet. So tell the person next to you, go see the movie. But here was my point. It is impossible to experience the wonder of that movie and not be grateful. I was grateful for history. I was grateful to be there with my wife and my daughter. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Wonder and gratitude is linked. If you truly see the wonder, you have gratitude. If you're you're grateful, it's because you see the wonders. Didn't you hear the praise team say, huh, just a few moments ago? What what was that course? Call me uh, 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 grateful, thankful, find me. That's it, grateful, find me thankful. What? Find me on my knees. The importance of gratitude, they're linked. Secondly, it's an ingredient that will elevate life no matter where you're living it. Let me explain. My wife and I, we went to our family Thanksgiving dinner this year. My brother-in-law, how shall I say it, (laughs) frustrated me. And here's what happened. Here's this this. He's a preacher. He's been right here. You've heard him preach. Great preacher. He's a pastor, wonderful pastor. He's a lawyer, practices law. And on top of all of that, he can make some mean dressing. Or y'all call it stuffing. And I'm thinking to God, why you give him all the gifts? <laughs> I, I, I do not have the gift of making some mean, come on now, Thanksgiving dressing. But, everybody shout but. I do have the gift of eating some mean Thanksgiving. <laughs> Is anybody here else got that gift? I got that gift. Come on. <laughs> so I was thinking about this notion about gratitude as I was thinking about this dressing he made. I mean, it was slamming. I mean, I can, I can experience it even as I talk about it. I just, I, I just like I'm taken back. I, 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 I sense the cornbread. That was the context for it. I, 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 the, the celery and, 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 and the turkey drippings that seasoned it. Y'all ain't listening to me. Come on now. And, and the softness of it and the flavor of it. I, 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 I can almost say it was, uh, in a word, enjoyable. And yet, there was still one missing ingredient. And Robert could not bake it in. The only way for that one missing ingredient, I had to add it. You know what the one missing ingredient was? 
cranberry sauce. And in a really good world, come on now, homemade cranberry sauce. All right. And so when I added the cranberry sauce, watch this. When I added the cranberry sauce, that which was enjoyable, come on now, became not only enjoyable, but exciting. <laughs> and that's how it is. Wherever you are in life, there's one ingredient that you get to add. And you know, a lot of us, let me give you another example. A lot of us, we celebrate commitment. You say, look, I bring commitment to my volunteer as role as, a, as, a, as a coaching uh, little league soccer. Or I bring commitment. I, I show up at work all, every day and, and, and I stay late. I, I bring commitment. I show up at home every night. I have my check and I'm always at home. And, and I celebrate commitment. We, we need commitment. But do you know that you can be, you can have, you can be committed and mean did you know that you can be committed and resentful? Did you know that you can be committed and not sensitive and not caring? Come on now. And so, so what I'm saying to you is that, 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 that you have to add one more missing ingredient to your commitment that takes it to the next level, and that's the ingredient of gratitude. You see, when you're grateful, you, know, you, 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 you go to work with a smile. Come on now, when you're grateful, you volunteer, uh, not with a resentful heart, but with a heart full of grace. When you're grateful, come on now, you operate in your private relationships not out of condition, not say, I do so you can do, but you just do because God's been so good to you. Gratitude. It Wherever you are in life, if you add gratitude, it elevates it. It'll elevate the marriage. It'll elevate the work. But you have to add it. You have to add it. Well, so here's, a, here's an insight. So Paul is pursuing this when he says, verse 8, when he says in verse 8, uh, when he says here, I want you to fix your thoughts and I want you to find what's true and honorable and right and pure and lovable. And I want you to make a mental record of it. I want you to write it down. I want you to think about it. Come on. That, 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 that. To think about anything that's excellent and praiseworthy. What he's teaching is the secret of gratitude. Now, one other thing about this notion of gratitude you cannot purchase it, but you can cultivate it. How do you cultivate it? Man, y'all ask the best questions on the planet. How do you cultivate it? It's, 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 it's built in, this thing. Fix, find, slow down, look for it, see it, experience it, and cultivate it. Here's an insight. If you can write it down, write it down. Regularly, come on now, uh, regularly experience forgotten memories and frequently, watch this, revisit the familiar with fresh eyes. Here's a quick way to revisit the familiar with fresh eyes. One writer said like this. 
every now and then, you ought to look at the people and the things in your life as though you're seeing them for the first time. That's the familiar. And if that doesn't work, try looking at people and circumstances and the things in your life as though you are seeing it, seeing them for the last time. Because when things become so familiar, the wife, the children, the spouse, the job, the cell phone, whatever, it loses the glitter of wonder. But if this is the last time you're going to get to see them, you see what you miss. Shout wonder. wonder. Revisit old memories. Now, we learned this. I have 17,000 photos in my iCloud. And Apple has figured something out. If you have hundreds of thousands of photos, the likelihood is you will not enjoy them because you will rarely look at them. So in iOS 13, here's what Apple does on its own without you telling it. It looks for those more popular photos and groups them together around parties and activities and vacations and things. And on its own, when you open the photo, it pops up options for you to take a look and to remember old experiences. Tell somebody, flip through the photos. Yeah. But, 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 so I want to say, and Facebook does the same. On my birthday, I opened up Facebook. Y'all know this experience. I opened up Facebook, and I saw a picture of me and Rhonda dancing. I said, where were we at? We were, was, you know, romantically dancing. And, and, and it turned out to be at my sister's wedding. And the caption said, from five years ago. And evidently, a whole lot of people had liked that picture, right? So Facebook had went back five years, four years, three years, two years, figured out the most popular picture of all and put it right there in front of me. And I remembered stuff that I had forgotten. All right, now here is the trick. Tell the person next to you, listen up, listen up, listen up. When you flip through the photos or look through old videos, watch it. On a regular basis, use what Facebook and iOS and the others provide you. You have to do it with a thank you God attitude. So that you can see the grace of God. And the one, let me give you an example. Here's a picture I put up on my own Facebook. <laughs> Isn't he adorable? <laughs> what a wonder. <laughs> this little kid... You can't tell from the front, but he was scarred. He was in special education. He was scared to death to be in the world. He had no sense of his future. When I see this picture, I remember what my context was at six years old. No friends. Nobody wanted to be around me. Throw the other picture up there. 
You see that cool dude right off there to the right? <laughs> this is prom night, y'all. Come on now. That's Eric Willis and Thomas Kirk. They became my childhood friends. And while no, nobody else wanted to hang with me, Eric and, and, and TK would say, come hell or high water, Herman is my friend. And so when I look at this picture, I don't just think about how GQ I look. Come on now. I go, that's a thank you God moment. That's, 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 he brought me from the little five-year-old, come on now, to this moment right here. Thank you God. Come on now. Put the other one up there. Put it that, that, that we are, we done graduated, y'all. Come on now. Uh, 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 in the 10th grade, I was flunking out of school, but I ran into somebody called Jesus. What a wonder. What, what, what astonishment. Come on now. And he turned my life around. And look at me graduating there. So when I flip through the photos, I just say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. All right, let me challenge you. Let me challenge you. We've wrestled this to the finish, finish line. Let me challenge you. Number one, I, I want you to practice for the next couple of weeks as you go into Christmas flipping through the photos. Listen, this helps you even if you're grieving. It does. Because people that you've lost, that when you think of, you weep right now. I want to challenge you. Go flip through the photos. And rather than simply Grieving that they're not there. Celebrate and give God thanks for when they were there. Cry and laugh and flip through the photos. Cry and go, mm, thank you God, and flip through the photos. And flip and give God thanks and confess your pain. And before you know it, God will help you in your healing because he will give you gratitude. Not that they're not here, but you'll be grateful for all the time they were here. Somebody shout gratitude. gratitude. Through the pages. So here's your homework, second homework. Looking for your home, first homework. What's the first homework? Go to movies. <laughs> Who wouldn't do that? Second homework. Here it is. If you made a list last week because you worked through verse 8, those six items are, if you didn't get a chance to, you're just hearing about it now, go to our website. We'll show you how to do that this week. But I want you to add something to it. Watch this. This week, I want you to look at everything that you did on Monday, what you wrote down, Tuesday, Wednesday. On Monday, whatever you wrote down, Think on these means make a mental record. It means write it down, but it means to become absorbed in it. It, it, it means to, to allow it to come to life in your, in your experience. Think on these uh, uh, means that I, here's what I want you to do. Here's how you bring it to life. I want you to not just write it down and think about it privately. But every day, I want you to talk about it on your job. Write it on Facebook. And here's what you're going to call it. My God story. When you go out on your date on Monday night, and you're sitting down around the, around the Starbucks at the coffee table holding hands, I want you to say, baby, him or her, can I tell you my God story? Do you think they're not going to say, oh, yeah, tell me, tell me. 
And you're going to tell them a story about how God was, that you realized that Monday, Monday because you did that exercise, how good God has been. Here's an example. On Wednesday, I went to, as you, as you look at uh, a Thursday, you look at, you know, what's really going right in my life. And I, I, I went, to, the, I went to, the, to tell, you know what, my, my church, we're doing this exercise because we're trying to cultivate gratitude. Can I tell you my God story? Something that I'm grateful that God did it for me. See, the more you talk about it, the more real it becomes. The more real it becomes, the more it begins to, to impregnate your life with this sense of wonder. Tell the person next to you, discover and share your God stories. Do everything we said last week, but add, I'm going to talk about it all day long. Now, here's the last point. Some of you, when it comes to your God story, when it comes to gratitude, you tried to do this exercise last week, but you said, I don't have nothing that's praiseworthy. I don't have nothing that's excellent. I want to challenge you this week. If in all those categories there was something missing, Pick one and decide this week you will be what was missing. That's what, that's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, learn from me. Do what you receive from me. That out of my relationship with Jesus, come on now, I became in your lives that which was missing. I became an expression of love. I, I became an expression of God's grace. I became a, an expression of God's dependability. Come on now. Here's another way of saying it. Come on now. Uh, 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 this week, why don't you try to posture yourself so that you can be a God story in somebody else's life? That when somebody else is talking about the grace of God, the goodness of God, the firmness of God, they say, yeah, and they name you because they experienced it through your life. Tell the person next to you, try it, you might like it. That's what we're going to be doing next weekend at these two schools. We're going to show up and be what's missing. We're going to show up and through our love, we've raised $100,000 plus. We're going to give all that away. Come on now. And we're going to show up by the hundreds and we're going to, we're going to move books and we're going to build and we're going to paint. And when we leave, I pray that those kids and those teachers at, at, at Garfield, the teachers are going to work side by side with us, y'all. And when we leave, I pray that the teachers and the students, they will have a whole host of new God stories. And you will be in it and you will be in it and I'll be in it. We'll be in it and say, I know that God loves me because. Watch this video. When you're a kid, adults are always telling you how fast life goes by. And you think they're crazy because it seems like an eternity before your next birthday or until Christmas morning. But as you get older, you realize more and more how true it really is. Every day is an opportunity, and not one is guaranteed. Today, you make choices that will impact your relationships each day going forward. 
Maybe you have an opportunity to say, I love you, to mend a broken relationship, or to care for someone you'd otherwise just pass by. You can choose to take extra time to really see people, especially the people you can impact the most, like your spouse, your kids, family, friends, co-workers, or even that person on the street you see all the time but have learned to ignore. We have a limited number of tomorrows, but you can choose to share with people today that there's a God who loves them and cares for them because that is a gift that can literally change lives. This coming weekend, we're going to show kids and faculty members that God loves them. Not by words, but by showing up. And I want to challenge you. I want you to first to show up. Everybody shout, show up. But I also want you to reach out to your friends and family. And I want you to invite them to come serve with you this weekend. It will be the least threatening way to introduce them to the power of Jesus' love expressed in this congregation. Show up and bring someone. In the following week, you can invite them to come experience us in this form of worship. And who knows, just maybe God will let you be the God story that's missing in their lives. Give God a hand, praise.